Dear fellow redeemed, I love avocados. Maybe you do also. And if you do, you'll probably also know that avocados can be quite expensive. Now, one of the reasons why avocados are so expensive is because they are very difficult to grow. If you were to eat a delicious avocado and then you take that large seed that's left over and you were to plant it in the ground, chances are that is not going to grow into a nice avocado tree producing the same fruit that you had enjoyed. You see, many avocado varieties have trouble with their root system, even though they can produce very nice fruit, difficult soil types and diseases and so on, hinder their growth. However, there is a particular variety of avocado that grows into strong, healthy trees and has a, a great, strong root system a root system that adapts quite well to different varieties of soil and is resistant to different types of diseases. Unfortunately, the fruit of that particular variety isn't very tasty. And this is where grafting is so useful. You see, grafting is a technique where you take the tissue from one plant, which normally produces nice flower or fruit, typically it's called a scion, like a, a little branch of this particular plant. And then that is grafted into another sample of tissue from a different plant called the rootstock. It's from a variety that will have a good healthy root system. And what happens is they're grafted together. There's a number of different techniques that can be used. Commonly, one that's used is to kind of cut a curved V kind of shape. So trimming off the scion into a wedge shape and then taking the rootstock and cutting a wedge into it. And then the two are joined together and the special biodegradable grafting tape is wrapped around that as the sap starts flowing, eventually it will start going into the new plant tissue. And voila, you have the best of both worlds. You have the nice, healthy root system that stays strong, and then you also get the awesome, delicious fruit growing on that one plant. How awesome grafting can be. I wonder if when God created the world and he was designing the plants and he decided to make some plants, he developed them so that they were enabled for grafting. I wonder if he had in mind the New Testament church and a, and a great illustration for the New Testament church when he did this. Because this is an extremely important concept in Scripture. Paul had explained how the New Testament, really, it's, it's kind of in a spiritual sense, a spiritual grafting into the Lord and into his kingdom. 
The Apostle Paul had explained the Old Testament church. We've gone through this last week. He had explained them kind of as that rootstock, having a healthy root system with the uh, heroes of the faith from the Old Testament and the promises made. But then he goes on to explain, and especially in our lesson, how the New Testament church is very different. And yet it can be grafted into that rootstock, spiritually grafted so that all can be blessed by the gospel. Our lesson for today, as we continue our series on the Christian faith one word at a time, we look at the word grafted. We consider Romans chapter 11. And I invite you to stand as we read verses 13 through to 24. The Apostle Paul says, I am speaking to you Gentiles. For as long as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I am going to speak highly of my ministry. Perhaps I may make my own people jealous and so save some of them. For if their rejection meant the reconciliation of the world, what does their acceptance mean other than the dead coming to life? But if some of the branches were broken off and you, a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and share in the rich sap from the root of the olive tree, do not boast that you are better than the branches. If you do boast, remember that you are not supporting the root, but the root is supporting you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I am grafted in. That is true. But remember that they were broken off because of unbelief, and you remain in place by faith. Do not be conceited, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you. So take note of God's kindness and his severity. Severity on those who have fallen, but God's kindness on you. If you remain in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And if they do not remain in unbelief, those branches will be grafted in again because God is able to graft them in again. For if, you were not, for if you were cut off from a wild olive tree and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more easily will these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? Dear Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are the truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. Several years ago, I went on a trip to Greece. It was a tour of Paul's second missionary journey around Greece. And one of the highlights for me was when we got down near the southern coast, uh, near the area of Delphi, that we drove, in the two big tour buses, we drove into an area called the Olive Grove of Amphisa. And our tour guide explained to us 
that there were, oh, it was called the Valley of a Million Olive Trees, that there were over 1.2 million olive trees in this valley. And so here we are, and I remember driving down on this narrow road in the tour bus with all of these olive trees on either side of us, looking ahead and looking down into that valley and seeing all of those olive trees with the coast and the ocean in front of us. It was an amazing sight. Everything was colored, you guessed it, olive green. In fact, you can look at a satellite image of that area and you can see this olive green patch on the landscape of the, that coastline in Greece. The Apostle Paul in our lesson today is, is sort of envisioning this vast, beautiful olive grove as he speaks. He is talking about these, these beautiful cultivated olive trees that are well-established, have very good root systems. And what he's describing is the Old Testament church. He's describing the patriarchs. He's describing the heroes of the faith. And he's describing the promises and the covenants that were made to them in the Old Testament. They were told by the Lord that, yes, Sin is in the world. You see how bad it is. But in the future, I will send a Messiah, a Savior. Have faith in Him for forgiveness. In the meantime, here are some, some laws for you to abide by in your culture. And here are some, some rules and things that you can do to enhance your worship. These things... These rituals and these sacrifices will remind you that there's a Messiah coming in, a, in the future that you are to believe in. And what a rich heritage that was. That root system was so strong and well-established. The Apostle Paul also, along with this, he likens the Gentiles to wild olive trees growing outside of that beautiful orchard of cultivated olive trees. Now the Gentiles, they are anybody who was not from the nation of Israel, anybody who wasn't a Jew. Most of us would have our heritage from the Gentiles. This lesson is very applicable to us. He tells them that they can be grafted in to the cultivated olive tree, into that good rootstock. They can have spiritual life because of this message. This is the beauty of the New Testament church. It doesn't matter what your nationality, it doesn't matter what your race, it doesn't matter what your language, it doesn't matter your family name, your reputation, or your net worth. It doesn't matter your previous lifestyle, your bad history. It doesn't matter the worst thing that you've ever done. You can be grafted into this tree of the church. You can be grafted in because 
It is by faith. You can be grafted into the church and you can receive that sap of the gospel which gives you life. As Paul had explained, this Jesus of Nazareth, He is the Messiah that was long promised. Let's look, let's compare what He did with the promises, the prophecies about Him. Look, He's fulfilled them all. And look, He has done all of those good works. He has done all of those good things with His life. And the sacrifices, He paid the ultimate sacrifice. He is the one sacrifice that has covered all sin. He has reconciled the world, not counting men's sins against them. Everyone can have that. It doesn't matter your past. In Christ, you have reconciliation with God the Father because Christ is the Savior. It is by faith that we are grafted into the tree of the church. It's not by our good deeds, our obedience to God. It's not by any merit on our part. It's not by the sacrifices, any sacrifice that we could make. It's by faith given by the Holy Spirit through the Word, through the sacrament. Faith is kind of like that biodegradable tape when grafting one plant to another and that tape is put around to hold it in place. That's like faith. And we need that, just as we pray that the Holy Spirit would increase our faith through His Word, we need that increased. We need a constant supply of faith from His Word to stay grafted into the church. The Apostle Paul goes on to explain to the Gentiles and whoever's listening, Jew or Gentile. And he says, Do not be conceited, but stand in awe. In awe of God. Do not be conceited, he says. As we look out upon our society, upon our world, we see a lot of conceit, don't we? We see a lot of selfish pride in people today. Wouldn't it be good if we could take some spiritual pruning instruments and, and cut off the conceit, trim it away from our world? What, how much more beautiful and healthy would our world be to live in if we could do that? Paul says, start with yourselves. Do not be conceited. Instead of being conceited, instead have awe in God. Acknowledge God, have awe in Him. And Paul lists two attributes of God that are very different from one another, and yet they are very important to God. His severity and His kindness. Very important attributes to God and very important attributes for you and I to know about God. Perhaps we see these two attributes brought out when Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, He said, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. 
There we see God's kindness and his severity. Sometimes we refer to his mercy and his justice. That it is simply through faith, simple belief in Jesus, we're saved. Not on our part, it's what Jesus has done. And yet, those who reject Jesus, condemnation awaits. That's God's severity. God's mercy and his justice. And what is so wonderful is that these two things come together in the cross. God's mercy and his justice come together in the cross. We should be in awe of his mercy. We should be in awe of his severity. That, that is the thing that we should be most afraid of right now is God's severity. Even more than what we should be afraid of hatred or violence in our world, of racial injustice or rioting, or even that we should fear more than some political group or some ideological system. We should rather have more fear of God's severity, his wrath on account of sin. And we should be more impressed than anything else with God's kindness. We should be more impressed than any political group or ideology and so on to save us or to help us. Rather, we should be most impressed with God's kindness, his mercy, and what he did for us. That he allowed his own son to go to that cross. In the cross of Christ, God's kindness and his severity come together. His severity in that he poured out all of his wrath upon his own son, Jesus. Jesus suffered the punishment that you and I deserved. And yet he paid for it there. And in doing so, God showed his kindness, his mercy to you and to me, that he has reconciled the entire world, including you, Every single one of your sins has been forgiven. God has been kind to you and to me through his Son. You know, this chapter, chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, if you think about it, can you quote any verses from chapter 11? You know, a lot of Romans is very quotable. Chapter 11 is a, it's a little bit more detailed, a little bit more complex, isn't it? requires some study. And yet, what do we see? It's interesting to look at what is Paul's, kind of his theme coming out here. And isn't it interesting when you look at this, you see what he's very concerned about in this lesson. That he is not so much concerned about the cultural issues of the day. Even though he's dealing with Think about this, he's dealing with the Greeks and the Jews who hated each other. And yet really his primary concern isn't about them, you know, improving their relations with one another, but rather his focus is on them all being grafted into the church, the tree of the church. In fact, Paul even, he kind of is using a reverse psychology here to get to that ends. He's talking about how many of the Jews, the majority of the Jews, their Messiah came, but they rejected him. 
And so he was appointed to be uh, an apostle to the Gentiles. He was to go out to the other nations and proclaim this message. And he was hoping that so many of them would be grafted into the church, that they would believe in Christ and be saved, that it would make the nation of Israel jealous and that they would then want to become grafted into the church as well. His primary concern is that as many people as possible would know their salvation through Christ because it's open for all and they can all be joined in through faith and have that salvation, that knowledge of the kingdom of heaven being theirs. That's his goal. You know, as you and I look around our world today, as you and I look at things that are happening in our world and in our country and we have such troubles we see just so many things. Sometimes it can be overwhelming to think of what's going on in our country right now. I think this is a fantastic lesson for us to look at. I know this has been very comforting to me this week to get my priorities right in what I should be concerned about. And I hope that you can also learn, both of us can learn from the Apostle Paul and his focus here. What is best for the kingdom of God? What is best for that wonderful New Testament church, the tree of the church, and getting people grafted in there? And I want you to think about that. As you get concerned about many different things going on in our world and as you interact with other people this week, maybe talking to them or maybe making social media posts and so on, I want you to ask yourself a question. Is what I'm about to post or what I'm about to say, is, is that going to be of benefit to the kingdom of Christ? Or is that going to be a hindrance? Maybe I don't want to click that confirm button. Let's think about this. Let's have as our goal spreading that joyful message. Well, grafting, I hope you see how important that is in the plant kingdom. Apparently, there are apple trees that will have six different varieties of apple on the one tree. Can you believe that? All because of careful grafting. Dear friends, be grafted in to the tree of the church through faith alone in Christ alone, by God's grace alone. You have been reconciled to Christ. You are forgiven. Heaven is yours. Now, let's look for other branches to graft into the tree. Amen.